This is Dune Talk, a DuneNewsNet.com production. Join us now for the latest Dune news, reactions, and lively discussions. Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome back to our, our show. It's uh, getting super close here. Uh, uh, so a lot of you guys have probably already enjoyed the movie and we're going to get to really soon. So uh, get, getting, uh, getting excited. Uh, this is uh, Marcus Gabriel, editor at DoNewsNet.com, uh, here today with uh, Simon. Two weeks from the time we're recording this. Johnny Sobchak here, back again as usual. And yeah, it's coming up for real. Um, uh, it, it felt very strange and dreamlike to be uh, getting my tickets the other day and, and making reservations and picking which seat and everything. It's very, I'm not going to believe it, of course, until I'm in the theater and the credits are probably rolling, but uh, yeah, very exciting. So how many tickets do you have so far? <laughs> how many tickets do I have right now? I have four confirmed. That I'm, I'm definitely seeing at least four times opening nice. weekend. Pro- maybe a fifth. We'll sneak in there. We'll see. <laughs> Marcus had told me that tickets were going on sale on Monday, but he told me this on Sunday. So <laughs> I downloaded the local theater app and I was refreshing the app, like starting at nine o'clock on my phone at work. <laughs> So I was trying to be like super slide about it. I was like, why aren't they loading? Is my internet down? You know, but then I found out that they would go on till on Monday. And then, so I'm seeing it <laughs> Thursday night and then Friday with some coworkers. So Love especially it. when my buddy Noah, uh, hey Noah, I know you listen and you watch. <laughs> Student broke the internet, right? Monday, is that what happened? So much demand, you know, like all, all those services that couldn't handle it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Facebook claims it's not Dune, but we all know. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so we, we, we had uh, tweeted about that, you know, like uh, the, the time when it was expected that that uh, tickets would go on sale. And, and basically the, the first thing I did, because I, I had this in, in plan for, for a while that I wanted to do one of the, the theater rentals, because, of course, there there's a regular showings, like, for example, on Thursday evening, Friday, throughout the whole day. Uh, but AMC Theaters is, is actually offering like full theater rentals at like, I guess less convenient times because it's usually like during the, during the day or like more early evening. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I took one of, one of those and a couple of those went, went quite fast. So I think uh, people had a similar time uh, and then I'm still planning to get something for, uh, for IMAX on Thursday evening. And I know that um, at, at my work that uh, we're planning to do a group outing. So I'm definitely going to see it like at, at least three times within those first couple of days and hope hopefully more in the in the week to come like uh, i know for, for, for me because i'm in the in downtown there's there's no imax right nearby so i'm gonna have to go a bit bit further out yeah two times yeah. for sure and who knows how many times hbo max is running maybe my data <laughs> will be capped <laughs> yeah no it's uh oh, it's nice too because at least we know for sure that you know it's two weeks between when Dune opens and when Eternals comes out. So they have a solid two weeks of IMAX. So if for some reason people can't rush out opening night or opening weekend, you do have time, you know, 14 days basically to go out and and check it out in that premium format. And of course it'll be in theaters for who knows how long, um, you know, regular theaters afterward. Exciting times. So let's go ahead and go to our uh, movie news uh, topics for today. Dune movie news. Our first uh, story today is box office updates. So this past uh, weekend, uh, it was actually uh, Sunday was uh, 
Denis Villeneuve's 54th uh, birthday, and uh, he got to celebrate with uh, Dune crossing the 100 million mark at the overseas uh, box office. So to, to be exact, uh, the movie reached 100.9 million after like all was, uh, was said and, and counted after the weekend. So yeah, uh, over 100 million, and we still have 19 days uh, to go before, or at that point, 19 days to go before the d- domestic releases, uh, Chinese premieres, uh, Japan and, and UK, all that. So, so definitely a, a major milestone. So just, just keep in mind, this, this is playing in, in 34 uh, countries, and we still have like, uh, you know, a whole, whole wave, like uh, the movie has to premiere in, in North America, South America, China, Japan, UK. So it's, uh, it's definitely impressive. Uh, I want to hear from, from you first, uh, Johnny, like, how do you feel about like being at, at, this, um, uh, at this stage where we are? Yeah, well, I mean, this is really exciting uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, it's coming in hot. It's coming in, uh, you know, better than we could have expected, I think, at this point. Um, I think no doubt the way it's performing, um, you know, it's weeks into its run at this point and it's still doing really well. It's having good holds, even in places where it has, you know, fierce competition, whether it's from Venom or or No Time to Die. Um, it's, you know, dropping just 45% in its third weekend in places like Italy, um, holding well in Germany and France as well. Um, and that is also, you know, it's interesting because they said initially, oh yeah, it's finally crossed over a hundred million. And then even afterward, they were like, oh wait, like this is actually, it did better. Like the numbers came in even better than it was, um, uh, initially said. And it's done that virtually every single time when it comes to these sort of projections or estimates um, and forecasts, it ends up being better on the day, on the weekend, on the, uh, you know, the, it, regardless of what region or market or country it's in. Um, so just across the board, it seems like there's a lot of excitement, a lot of, you know, very strong word of mouth. Um, if there wasn't uh, people liking the film and telling people that they like the film, um, then it wouldn't have, this extended success that we're seeing. Um, and who knows by the time uh, more markets open and all those markets open on the week of, you know, the 20th, 21st, 22nd, um, before any of those open, I mean, it could be, you know, uh, close to or over, you know, around the neighborhood of 150 million, which would be very impressive because um, it will have some markets also opening between now and when the U.S. and China opens. So, it, yeah, it's going to ha- it's going to be bringing in more numbers. And I'm excited to see, you know, how those progress, how those new markets open. Um, but, yeah, I am really just pleased. I mean, there's really no negative that you can really pull from any of this. I mean, it's just doing very well. And um, it, it makes me, of course, optimistic about how it's going to do here once it opens and in other markets such as, uh, you know, China and the UK and, and other places. Um, but, yeah, 103.9 million total. Um, that's pretty, pretty happy, uh, satisfying number I would say right now. And it, it's even more satisfying when you think about the fact that Villeneuve himself has said, and he said before it even premiered at Venice, um, for Warner brothers and for legendary and for them to not want to go forward with a sequel, it would have to do very poorly. It would have to be a disaster. Um, and this is the complete opposite side of the spectrum. So, um, it's, it's looking good. It's looking good. 
Yeah, and, and you mentioned those uh, those holds. It's it's basically like in the second weekend. You know, we, we were talking about an average of thirty percent, and on the third weekend, it was only minus forty five percent. And this was despite, as you mentioned, like no time to die premiering in in a lot of these marketplaces. And then, of course, you had uh, venom in Russia. And I think one of the big success stories was was of course uh, France, which was the number one grossing uh, so far for Dune with uh, with eighteen point six million after three weeks. Uh, so Simon, how do you feel about that? And like, uh, what are people saying? <laughs> um, well, first of all, to quote the great Larry David, I think it's doing pretty, pretty good. <laughs> um, as uh, someone who's French, I am very proud of you, France. This is the second proudest thing I've ever seen you do. <laughs> Win the World Cup in 98 and 2007, sorry, 2017 was the other one. Uh, actually, my brother finally saw it, and he sent me a message right away. He's like, I just saw Dune. Wow. And I freaked out. I was like, call me now. And he's curious. <laughs> he's interested. He's like, so there's a third one, right? There's, they're going to make more. I'm like, hopefully. Finger crossed, right? But he kept asking me questions, and he told me, here's what he told me. Xiaomi is amazing. Uh, Oscar Isaac is a force to be reckoned with, and we'll talk more about Oscar Isaac in a little bit. Um, Hans Zimmer's music is not music per se. And my brother's a sound designer. So he loved it. He's like, it's not something I would <laughs> go around listening to on a regular basis, but he's like, it works very much like mm -hmm. his score for 2049. And also my brother is the person that introduced me to Philip K. Dick and Blade Runner. And uh, he told me it gives him big Blade Runner 2049 vibes. And I know my brother puts that movie maybe a little bit higher than Johnny does, but I don't think that's possible. <laughs> uh, but overall, everyone I've talked to, I've talked to a couple other friends that have seen it four or five times now. So, yeah, I'm curious to know when it's going to hit North America and the UK, if it's going to go back to number one overseas, maybe in some countries, because the hype will be back. And some people were like, well, you know, I missed it the first time around. Oh, it's still playing. Let's go check it out. It's already the second most watched uh, movie in France of this, this whole year. And I've, the number one was actually a French uh, speaking movie. So that's impressive, like num number one English uh, speaking film. And there's there's still still room to, room to go from from there. Other country, of course, where, where it did really well was was Russia, which which also exceeded uh, 18 million in in three weeks, and that was despite even in its third weekend, with, uh, where Venom had a, a record breaking breaking opening. Um, what what I wanted to ask uh, Johnny, like when you look at like No T Time to Die and Venom, what they've done in in their first first weekend, of course, like they they've done amazing openings. Of course, like they've they've opened in, in additional countries. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be asking the question, well, like Dune did, did well, but like if you compare it to these uh, these two films, you know, like it's, uh, you know, it's maybe not even in the same ballpark. So how would you respond to that? I mean, look at, and this is something that had been said the first weekend, it was said the second weekend, they said it again this weekend. The In the markets where Dune is, is overperforming and running ahead of films, the biggest films of the year, including films like Shang-Chi, including films like Godzilla versus Kong, um, including films like Black Widow. Um, so in those markets, especially the European ones, it's doing extremely well. Um, and so that is promising, I think, on a global scale, because yes, it is, 
it, it has done so well and it has still has many more markets to come. You have to consider the fact that this movie is not, you know, the Venom, the first Venom film made it like $800 million worldwide. Um, and, and Venom is a very popular character. He's a Spider-Man character and everyone, it just, just like the Joker made a billion dollars is very similar um, in that regard. This is a, a direct sequel to that first movie that made $800 million. It's more Venom. It's Carnage, which again is another popular character in, in the comics um, in the cartoons. And then you have on the other side of, you have Bond, which is a, a direct sequel to the last four Bond movies, all starring Daniel Craig. And it's the finale for him in the role, which he's been in for 15 years. So it is like a, you know, kind of for a comparison, like an Endgame style, like event conclusion film, um, which is interesting. And so you have two very popular, two very established film franchises. Skyfall made over a billion dollars. Spectre, which was not even a very good or well-received movie, made like $800 million. So these movies are, of course, going to do well. Um, and there's no doubt that they're... I don't think anyone would have said that Dune was going to do better than Venom or or No Time to Die. Um, but I think that is interesting to consider. And you have to consider these other movies, too, that you know Dune is being compared to or is going to have to have competition with. You're looking at Shang-Chi and Black Widow, which are both MCU movies, uh, the biggest franchise of all time. F9, Fast and Furious 9, a long-running, very established, very well-liked franchise. Um, you know, these movies, Godzilla versus Kong, again, in a franchise, big name characters. So you do have these elements um, that Dune is lacking, of course, and that is something that you have to consider. Um, but I think that keep those things in mind and still acknowledge that it's still do doing better than some of those other films we've been talking about, films that no one expected it to compare to uh, really at all. And so the fact that it's running ahead in those markets is, uh, you know, very promising, I would say, for the rest of the world. And we, of course, you can't take a certain, a certain continent or a certain chunk of the region and say, oh, well, this is how it's going to perform everywhere. Um, but if you want to, if you have the numbers you have now, you can't take the good numbers and make them bad somehow. Like there's no other, you can't argue it. There's, they just are what they are. Um, you would want good numbers more than you would want bad numbers or mediocre numbers. So that's why I think there's a reason for optimism. I think there's reason for optimism about how it's going to perform in, you know, key markets like the UK, Japan, um, the United States uh, for that matter, and China, um, even though it does have um, some, uphill battles to face especially in the u.s and china with regards to uh its release date timing and of course the hbo max deal in the u.s um but i think overall i'm i'm very excited i'm very um enthused by, by what we've seen so far what we've heard so far and i think i've i mean i've been bullish all along in this movie so it's not like this is going to be surprising to anyone anyone who's you know i remember talking to some guy i think it was in january of last year 2020 um, he was, you know, I was arguing with him about how well Dune could do. And I was like 500 million worldwide. Like I guarantee it makes at least that. And this was before the pandemic was even a thing. And now as it stands, I mean, it could make, it could make close to 400 million worldwide or, or more in an ideal scenario. Um, so, and that's in a pandemic and that's with the HBO max deal, which was never even a, a, a dream, uh, at that point. So there's a, yeah, there's a lot of, um, 
conjecture and uh, debate. Uh, and some people, I think no matter what the numbers end up being, they're going to try and say, oh, well, it's, it's, it's disappointing. Oh, it doesn't compare to this or that. Um, but there's, you can really twist the numbers any way you want to. Um, at the end of the day, they are what they are. <laughs> Uh, and I think that, uh, that's why it gets down to it. I'm like, you can only say, you can only say what they are. You can't debate about it necessarily. And the people that really care the most are the people that are cutting the checks <laughs> at Warner brothers and that legendary. Um, so I think, you know, we're getting closer to the U S release date. Those tickets are on sale as we've discussed. Um, and they're going to know pretty soon, you know, in the next week, next few days, how those pre-sales are looking and all the markets where they are on sale right now in the UK uh, as well and other places. And so next week we might get our, our first forecast um, or projection and that's going to be really interesting to see. And that'll again, be a firm number. And honestly, I think any estimate that they're going to have is going to be a higher than what people think right now, probably. And B it's going to the actual number when it comes out, I think is going to be higher than any of the, the estimates are going to be, because that is what the trend has shown so far is that people, they might be lowballing it potentially, but I think even then there's still an underestimation. So um, I'm, I'm excited to see what those numbers look like. Cause so far from everything I've heard and seen, the pre-sales are really good. So, and not just in the U S. Yeah, and like going to the point about no time to die. Of course, that's an amazing opening overseas. So 121 million in, in one weekend. But like, uh, think about it. Like over 28 million of that came from UK, where where Dune Dune hasn't opened yet. And like another six mm -hmm. million came from from Japan. So so those, those are like major markets that we still have to see how how well it's going to do. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and that's interesting too because you know the UK, of course, is like the biggest for Bond, like logically. Um, I think I, I read something like the opening weekend there that Bond just had is equivalent to like what Endgame had like in the US. Like that's that's kind of how they they see that. So yeah, as I said, established franchises. Also, they have a lot, you know, they are not <laughs> Denny Villeneuve is a very particular type of filmmaker. Like his his uh you know sensibilities are not you know exactly going to be as all-encompassing as something like Venom 2. Yeah, and speak, speaking of, of uh, Venom, like that had like 103 million in the first week uh, weekend, but that was mostly domestic. So it was basically like a 90 million opening. Mm -hmm. Like Simon, when you think about that opening, like, you know, we, we were considering, going, okay, how are things going to work out? Like with the, these blockbusters coming in cinemas, how, how, how do you feel like seeing that a movie can do that, that well uh, now in the States? Well, it's like you guys were talking. Those are also, let I don't want to use the word legendary, franchises but their franchises behind them so mm -hmm. seeing those numbers overseas they already have their fan base and minus you know the dune fans like people listen to this show and people that read the book dune is still very much word of mouth so it's super interesting to see that a film without a well-known fan base is doing well i'm happy you know I think people forget also Venom is loosely kind of connected to the MCU. So people put that together. You know, if you take away the whole Sony, Mar Disney, Marvel, then, and most people don't know about that, but they think Venom, MCU, Spider-Man. Bond is, you, like you said, it's 25, I think, of a series. Yeah. It's Daniel Craig's last Bond and everyone loves Craig. 
So um, it's funny because when you guys were talking, I was like, hey, maybe I should go see that in the theater. <laughs> you know, but I think <laughs> the numbers are good. I think people are going to get more excited as we get closer. Mm-hmm. And something I was thinking about, it is also a civilian. I, I live in a part of Washington that's very military. So it is also a civilian pay week. So maybe people mm-hmm. were waiting for paychecks just in general and not, you know, military people buying tickets. So maybe they're doing the math. Okay, we can buy these tickets because we're going to, you know, be okay on bills. So I think after this week, we should see a pretty solid number. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was looking where tickets were selling and I used to live in LA. So I looked at a bunch of LA theaters and seen like, can I get tickets for like a Thursday or Friday night showing? And most of them are already sold out, you know? So it's interesting. <laughs> it is. It is really like Simon, to your point, it is very impressive. I will say like from what I have seen and heard and people have been talking about and telling me like, you would not expect like a movie I know this is a big movie. Like there's no denying, like they're putting a big marketing push behind it. It has big name actors. It has a big, big name uh, director. Um, but like the, the, the numbers and like the tickets and like the amount of interest I feel is just so above like what anyone tried to say it would be. I would, I, I, I feel, I think um, that the numbers are going to be so good. Like it's going to be, people are going to be so surprised. I think because also consider the fact that people talk about the HBO Max deal all the time. And there's been a lot of talk about that in the last, really in the last week, especially because of how well it's doing internationally. And of course, tickets going on sale in the U.S. now. And I just think, you know, there's been like, oh, God, I can't believe they're doing this. They should change it. They should change it. Um, you know, they're going to just ruin the box office. And I think I could go on a huge tangent about this, but ultimately <laughs> Warner Brothers, they know what they did. Like they chose to do it knowing what the effects would be they do not care very much at all about this they they have kind of like you know resigned their fate and so you just have to take what you can get and i think godzilla versus kong in the u.s warner brothers had a horrible year let's face it okay in every way that you really can and godzilla versus kong it came out in march in around april around easter so the Theaters weren't as widely open as they are now, of course, but it's still it's still got a full wide release, still got IMAX and all that. It's opening weekend, four-day weekend, mind you, with the Easter weekend was $34 million in the US. I think Dune is gonna, and and it cost more to make than Dune as well by a you know a decent margin. I think this movie is going to make at least 15 to 20 million dollars more than that opening weekend. I think like legitimately, and that I think. Is so impressive. And I, when those comparisons come out, I think also looking at HBO Max numbers, that's going to be an interesting metric to look at as well. Um, so when you combine those two, I just think it's going to be a bigger um, phenomenon <laughs> than I think uh, has been given uh, credit so far. Um, and that'll be more apparent as the you know days and weeks go on um, as it, you know, finally comes out in all these markets and the residuals after that, um, even after Eternals comes out and other things. And as we get more into um, deeper into the movie season and the award season as well, when that starts up around December and January. But, you know, what's interesting is you ask the average person, you know, you mentioned 
Venom, they'll tell you Spider-Man. James Bond, they'll tell you Roger Moore, you know, whatever, Daniel Craig. But Dune, the average person, if you tell them what does it make you think of, they're like, uh, it's a book, I think. There was a movie. Most people don't know it. I mean, perfect example, my HR lady, the other day, I'm walking by her desk, and she's like, you bought a pop figure. I'm like, yeah, I got the power trade easy, no variant. Totally freaking out, you know, being super dorky, right? And she's like, oh, I saw a preview for that when I saw Chang chi and now I kind of want to see it. She's like, I just, that kid gets on my nerves. I'm like, okay, leave, <laughs> leave, leave little Timothy Chalamet alone. But she's like, but I'm like, I was like, Sarah, do you want to go see it now because of the preview? She's like, yeah, the preview got me intrigued. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to go see it. I'm like, well, cool. There you go. That's what we want. That's what we want people to see the preview. And hopefully, you know, they go see Bond. They'll be like, oh, well, crap, mm-hmm. that Dune thing looks pretty cool. Also, mm-hmm. and I have a weird feeling that we're going to get a Harry Potter preview with Dune. There's not a yeah. Harry Potter Fantastic Beast. So you might get numbers from that, like the Potter fans that are like, what? Fantastic Beast has a preview with Dune? Well, I'll go check it out just for that. And HBO Max numbers, people will always yell and they'll always be the no sayers being like well you know it just ruined the box office no i'm sure i'm sure no matter how well it does there will always be a crowd that'll be like mm, it wasn't as big as star wars you know oh yeah there's no doubt yeah yeah i'm waiting for those and i know yeah. i know a lot of those people uh, and i do want to touch on the hbo uh, max party i mean as both of you have sort of uh, mentioned it as well I mean, the HBO Max numbers, they, they do count. You know, I, I know people would, would love to like, just like look at the box office figure and use that to, to determine Dune's success, but that, that's mm. not how it's going to be this year. Like they're going to look at box office, they're going to look at uh, HBO Max numbers, they're going to potentially look at in some countries, the, the digital rentals, mm. um, they're, they're going to look at um, like li- licensing uh, fees. I mean, like at, at the end of that, like all these things are going to contribute to, to Dune's uh, success, whether it's in the in the short or or the long term, mm-hmm. um, we did get one one interesting uh, like topic that's come up like in on our YouTube channel, and I've seen it come up on Reddit and Twitter several times about how much the movie has to make to, to break even. And I think there, there's a, a lot of different factors that you need to consider this year. You know, because of the uh, pandemic, because of like the different distribution models, uh, because they're they're like going all out on on marketing because like. Let, let, let's let's be real. Like this, this is a really strong marketing campaign. You, you see Dune, Dune everywhere. Like uh, you, you know, like Mark was posting a picture of you know, like the big Dune posters on the double decker buses in in London. So like it's 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 really out there. So they're not holding um, holding back on that. Like so I'm I'm thinking you know like in order for for Dune to break even, like I think we're we we are potentially look, looking at uh, half, half a billion. Uh, but then like go, go, going going at the earlier point, like. You know, not all movies will will break even um, the, this year. You know, the, the, it's it's a challenging time, and like at the end of the, the day, like the studios are going to evaluate the movies based on how they're doing it in this situation. Like, no, no movie is going to make like a, a billion dollars uh, this year, or like at, at least uh, it's not likely. Uh, m- maybe like No Time to Die or Venom have mm. have a shot at that, but yeah, it, it's. Like even if Dune doesn't break, even as we're, we're mentioning, like they, we've already heard it multiple times, the movie would have to do really bad not to get the continuation, and that's clearly not going to be the case. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is like, <laughs> d- do not fear. <laughs> um, fear is yeah. the mind killer. 
Yeah. I've heard, Mark, I've heard that somewhere. Fear is the mind killer. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Yeah. Marcus, I mean, you're totally right. Um, that's a great point because yeah, people keep asking this question. They keep saying, is it this? Is it that? Um, and the answer is no, there is no number. <laughs> there is no number uh, for the box office that anyone can point to and say, oh, that's, that's what's going to tell Warner Brothers. Oh, you go ahead, go make the next one. There's too many factors. And there's the pandemic. There is the HBO Max deal. And those are really the two primary things. But you have to consider as well. Say that it, it did, you know, not great numbers on HBO Max, but it overperforms at the box office. Okay, then 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 what do they say? <laughs> say or say that it does really well in HBO Max, but box office numbers, especially domestically, are kind of like, eh. well, then obviously they know, well, HBO Max people, uh, what percentage of people decided to, to watch it there? Um, and then also think about like this, you know, say it's done, it's done super well overseas, like it's done really well, especially in Europe. Say that it opens everywhere else and it does like pretty well, like just across the board well. Or say it just over like underperforms a little bit. You still have universal praise from critics. Everyone that has seen it, as far as audience members, I would say 90%, same about about the same as critics, have said they liked it. Like at the minimum, have said they liked it. Some people love it, some people are going crazy for it. And then you have the other factor that no one's really talking about, which is awards. So <laughs> That and and don't like, don't uh, underestimate how those can factor in or how those can be um, persuasive. If Dune does, you know, pretty well, like just like toes the line as far as box office, and then it goes and gets ten Oscar nominations, including Best Picture and Best Director, you really think they're gonna and they and it wins three or four Oscars? You really think they're gonna be like, eh? I guess, I mean, it, it didn't do like amazing in the box office in the pandemic. And when we have this HBO Max deal, I guess we're just going to pack it up and, and call it a, a franchise. That's not going to happen. There, There's a, so many different things going on. I, I'm just, I cannot wait because I've been, I've been living it up the last few weeks as these numbers have come in. And every day someone's like, oh, I can't believe how well it's doing. I can't believe that it's doing this. I just can't wait in two weeks when these numbers finally come in and like, there's not going to be any more discussion about it. It's going to be, you know, what it is. And I think it is going to be, um, you know, it's going to surprise a lot of people, I would say. You know, picking back off of Johnny's whole entire thing about awards, there are some people that wouldn't care about Dunes, but if, Dune, if they see, hey, it's nominated for this or that, some people mm-hmm. are going to watch it just because of the nominations. And then mm-hmm. let's say it does win Best Acting for Xiaomi, right? Then you might get some people that are, uh, uh, you know, want to be actors that are going to watch it to see his performance. So all that are revenues, you know, and views. And maybe they'll tell people, hey, I had no idea what this was, but I was blown away by it. So. I yeah, no, it's definitely. Guys. Yeah, no, it, that that does draw people in. There's no doubt. And, and the Academy, as far as Oscars go, they think the same thing. If a movie does really well and is a kind of like pop culture sensation, they want to bring that movie in and and put it up and give it nominations and give it awards because that means more people are going to watch the show. More people are going to be interested in, and see other movies and go and look at those. Look at what happened with Black Panther. Look at what happened with Joker. 
Um, those are just two examples off the top of my head that were like pop culture, you know, phenomenons. Um, if this, you know, again, is anywhere close to that, that's going to be just another reason uh, that, that and, and another factor, as you pointed out, Simon. Yeah, and to, to close on the, I guess, the box office uh, update. So I think, uh, Johnny, you were, uh, you and I were, were basically uh, agreeing that there's so many different factors uh, coming to play this year. Uh, but if you're just looking at the box office, like what, what's the, um, the global number that would say, that would make you say, okay, like the studios are saying like, hey, we, we know it's not a great year, but like seeing this number, this really makes us comfortable. What, what mm -hmm. would be that, that number in, in your mind? I think 400, I think is the, the ideal, um, not best case scenario, but the safe kind of marker. Um, I think if you can hit that, because the, the net production budget on this is supposedly around 165, 170. Um, of course, ticket sales, theaters get half of that, and then the other half goes back to the studio. So say 400, to, you know, cut that in half, they get 200 million out of it just for the box office receipts. That's not counting any of the merchandise and all these other things that you have to account for. It's not counting the HBO Max, as you said. This is just strictly talking about the box office. I think that would be a solid, happy number. Um, honestly, I think once you get around like between three and 400 million, I think that's, I think that would be like, okay, we're good. Like, I, I think. Because I think with the pandemic and with HBO Max, I think you're taking away potentially 200 million or so. I mean, realistically, because um, you have people who are just not going to go to the theater no matter what, because there's a pandemic, especially older audience members. Um, some people don't want to bring their kids out into you know an environment like that. If there's a risk of getting sick, you have people that are going to watch on HBO Max. So, and and there are theaters, there are places, countries counties, states, um, other you know regions where theaters aren't open. They're just closed. Um, they're not allowing indoor gatherings and things like that. So that I think you can say, oh, look, 350 million. If we release this it, without HBO Max, without a pandemic, it could be five, 600 million. And movies, big blockbuster movies have started franchises on less than that. Um, just look at Legendary's own Godzilla. That movie, when it came out in 2014, it made like 500 million or so worldwide it was its budget probably comp comparable to dune if not more and they've gotten three more movies out of that that series so yeah i think that would be i would be very very happy if it hit it for 400 yeah. i think anything over that would just be amazing um but once it once it gets past a quarter billion into the 300s i'd be like okay there's no there's no reason to to be really worried at this point yeah and, and one last, last point of that and i think Johnny, you brought up that, that point about like people who are maybe right now, they're, they're just not comfortable to going back to the cinema, no matter what the circumstances, you know, whether it's like older audiences or because they they have uh, small children, like, uh, you know, whatever the reason is, like the, the fact that it's on HBO Max, at least it will give those op opportunity for those people to see it who otherwise wouldn't have, mm -hmm. you know, and that, that's potentially one of the, the upsides of of, of this, this whole thing, because, okay, that they're not going to the cinemas, but they wouldn't have gone to the cinemas anyway. And then they're going to like contribute to potentially giving us a big um, like opening on streaming as you will. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, if we have the, you know, all the people who are, who would go to the cinema, they, you know, they, they contribute to the success there and the people who wouldn't like being on that same week, that's going to get a lot of attention because people are going to like notice it's going to be like on the marketing everywhere. So like they may not go to cinemas, but they watch it on streaming and that, that is going to be calm. That's, that's going to be noticed. Yeah.
Exactly. Yeah. And last thing I'll say, Marcus, you're 100% right. And that's what people don't want to acknowledge about this HBO Max situation. Um, there's a lot of, there's, it's so complicated, but ultimately more people are going to be able to see it, period. Um, you're going to have less box office, obviously, but more people are going to be able to see it this way. And I think that's what you want the most. And I think, I mean, I saw, I was going on Twitter the other day and I saw, I was just scrolling through random like Dune stuff. And I saw an older gentleman who's in the United States, obviously, probably like in his sixties or something. And he was like, I can't wait to watch Dune. Like, I'm so glad it's coming out on HBO Max because I like am not able to go to a theater like right now due to health reasons and everything. And I, I was just like, I'm not going to complain <laughs> anymore about HBO Max. Like that, like if one person can enjoy the movie that otherwise wouldn't be able to see it, I think that's a good thing. And I think you just have to leave out all the other thinking about it and just, uh, you know, count also on the fact that we know Warner Brothers have put a lot of weight onto HBO Max. Um, so if the numbers are even decent, that's going to help. Um, they have the, the reasoning and the logic uh, that we probably aren't even, you know, privy to. So that's really all. That's like, I don't even want to talk about HBO Max ever again. <laughs> like at this point, the, the next time I want to talk about it is when the movie actually comes out and we see how many people, people streamed it opening weekend or whatever. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can sign off on that. <laughs> cool. I will say this much. What just on a side note, which I find kind of hilarious, my HBO Max for this month bill is on the twenty second that it's due. <laughs> I was like, okay, perfect timing. So um, the second and last story that we're going to cover for today is um, um, for the. Colbert show. Uh, so Rebecca Ferguson made an appearance on October 1st. Um, and of course, there was the, so, some, some nice uh, this discussion, like interview questions. Uh, but the big thing that came out of that, uh, actually, another full clip from, from the movie, which was like the, the really touching moment between uh, Lady Jessica uh, by Re Rebecca Ferguson and uh, Duke Leto, played by Oscar Isaac. Um, and like as I was mentioning on on the last show, like it's 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 out there on Twitter or on the feed. Like if you are looking to avoid footage, that's probably one of the ones that you uh, you might want to skip for now because it's it's literally like a whole another minute from the movie. Uh, so Simon, let me start with you. Like, what were your thoughts when you when you saw that scene? Well, I gotta thank you, Marcus, because we were talking on Discord, and you're like, oh, by the way, they just put this up, and I watched it, and my first reaction was like. I don't think I'm emotionally ready for this movie. <laughs> I had goosebumps. We talked about Oscar Isaac last week, how, you know, just seeing his back when he's talking to Steven and I'm drawing a blank on his last name, um, mm -hmm. how amazing that performance is. And him and Rebecca, wow. Like, and what's interesting is it's a scene that we got one of our first Dune shots from, of them talking and we've seen little clips of it like on the trailer when it's broken down mm. but just the performance it mm. was amazing and i wouldn't be surprised if stephen colbert has the rest of the cast on later because colbert is a big dude nerd and it was great seeing rebecca do the litany of fear also i don't know if you guys actually watched the whole entire interview with her it was just cool um performance once again like if no one gets nominated for acting or actressing, actressing, I just made up a word. <laughs> if no one gets nominated for their performance, it'll be a shame because everything I've seen 
and this isn't like me having my Dune nerd glasses on. It's just amazing. It is acting mm. at its best. And that comes from Denis and the crew that he made. And yeah, just beautiful. I want the movie. It's going to be a long <laughs> two weeks. Uh, Johnny, what was your takeaway from, from seeing that scene? Did, did you watch it? I did, yeah. Um, it's very short. It's like one of those talk show clips. It's like, you know, not very long. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, it's great. Um, you know, it's more not as, um, it's not, it's very different from the, uh, Chalamet Momoa scene that we got, the clip that we discussed last week, which was a longer, like full scene essentially, whereas this is, is just kind of like a snapshot. Um, but I mean, there's everything you want from this couple of characters from this type of scene, Rebecca Ferguson and Oscar Isaac, both amazing actors. Um, and I love them as a couple. I find them very believable and everything I've seen from Jessica and Leto so, so far has felt very genuine. Um, but this really brought out some more of the emotion and the intensity um, as well as I, I also love the, uh, the musical cue from Hans Zimmer mm-hmm. in this, this scene when, when uh Hearing Oscar Isaac say Ben and is just so cool. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, finally hearing him talk about just things in the world as the character, I think, is very interesting. Um, and so, yeah, when that that comes up and then those vocals hit, I just thought, like, oh, that's a really cool idea. Like, I, I like that. Because um, Ben and Jesuit, there's such a strong force in this world and in this movie. And I think that having that... Um, and, and that's even something Denis and Hans Zimmer talked about was the... Uh, the presence of women in the film and in the world inspired the score and how they were using largely female vocals. And so I think that's such a clever way of using the Bene Gesserit, which kind of hover over the entire universe and and are always present um, that their vocals, like that actual sound, that cue is present even in just the mention of them. Um, So there's just, again, it's like one of those things you could talk about it probably for 20 minutes, but (laughs) Yeah, no, I love it. Um, I'm curious. I can't wait to just see how all these fit together. <laughs> and I'm sure, actually, I'm pretty sure I've seen it said. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but Dune is having, as of this recording, its first Lund- um, New York Film Festival screening tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know Denis, I think he, it's already recorded, but I want to say it's tomorrow night on the Colbert show. He's going to be on there and I, I, he'll be doing an interview um, and they should have a new clip, I would imagine. So we'll be getting something else. Uh, that's exciting. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just, I'm loving this. I'm loving the characters, loving the acting. Um, I just know, like, I, I, I'm not going to be able to, like, help myself when I see this movie. Like, anyone expecting me to give any legitimate, like, I mean, I'm going to be, like, honest about it. But, like, there, I'm going to have to separate my critic and my fan. Because as a fan, everything I'm seeing is just 10 out of 10. Just from mm-hmm. that minute or whatever, you can see the chemistry that they love each other. And mm-hmm. that's something like that a lot of people have a hard time with. Like when they mm-hmm. first read the book, it's like, well, does he love her? Yeah, he loves her. But because of certain actions in the universe, he can't, you know, they can't be married. Yeah, and it's totally, I mean, just that whole scene, it, it was a really intimate moment. So, you know, it's not just the, the dialogue, which is, you know, like very, very personal. It's something that they would only say to, say to themselves alone in the room, but also mm-hmm. like the, the body language, the facial expressions, like how everything was, was conveyed on that scene. 
and like how everything comes together. Like John, you mentioned about the the musical cues, and like it does seem to to extent we do have that that themes because I immediately recognize you know when when uh, Duke Lido mentioned you know. Uh, as as a Bene Gesserit, and then like you know, you you feel that that musical cue that we've we've heard in the in the soundtracks. I just feel like all yeah, er everything they they just thought of every detail. I mean, it's just like <laughs> my mind is blown every time I like I spend some time because of course I'm I'm watching these, these scenes like multiple times after each other and like picking up uh, all the details. And like you realize that so much thought has gone into every single moment, every movement, every facial expression, like how they they use the the, the music. It's uh, it's, uh, it's really impressive. Um, let, let's actually throw up a spoiler warning and then we'll go on a, a couple more, more minutes in, in depth. So um, we'll put up the timestamp, like, which will be the, the end of the show in case you do want to uh, like skip further. I must not fear, for fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. Um, so the w one thing that also stood out to me is like when, when we had seen uh, seen earlier in the in the earlier trailers and and the footage, um, like when uh, Duke Leto is, is is asking, you know, like if if anything happens, will he take uh, care of uh, my son? And you know, like about uh, Lady Jessica, she she's like she's angry about the question almost, you know, because I was like, why would you ask that to your mother? But now when you see the full scene. And like, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm not asking like as his mother, I'm, I'm asking you as, as a Bene Gesserit. Mm. So you see that that duality, you know, like he fully trusts her. But at the same time, like he knows like this, the scope of the, the, the Bene Gesserit uh, organization and that they have like the, their their own agenda. So it's like he, he trusts her, but at the same time, there, there's this bigger thing uh, going over. Yeah, I love that he mentioned, like like you said, we've seen that scene in the trailer will you take care of our son and she's like of course but what we don't get in the trailer is <laughs> as a bending jesuit and i him saying it just made me happy <laughs> like i forgot if it was johnny or marcus who said it but just that right there i was just like oh well snap oscar isaac said it you know <laughs> uh, but and it's it's him knowing hey these ladies are pretty powerful and God forbid something happens to me. And he knows that his, his demise, his end is near at this point, but he knows that his son will be okay. You know, it's, it's motion, you know, it's wheels into wheels, motion moving. It's Dune. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. And Johnny, what do you think from the perspective of like the the, the dialogue and the this, this scene ov overall? Like, it is different from from how this this is sort of like plays out in the, in the book. Like, what did you think about it from that perspective? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly uh, I, that's one thing I've just been really happy with, at least from what I've seen so far, and and how it seems like it's being received, at least overseas, is it feels very like it still has the same spirit and effect i feel from from what i've seen of the book but it's very much like taking it and making it its own thing and making it you know as easy to understand as easy to like grasp and access as possible um because you are getting because it is a complicated it's a very complicated relationship between leto and uh lady jessica and so I'm, I can't wait to see more of how they express that in the actual 
movie um how you know she is his partner but she's not his wife and there are you know how do they feel as parents like how do they feel about how you know their roles uh you know with relation to paul and you know leto feels like he is uh you know kind of going into a trap (laughs) and he needs lady jessica to reassure him about the future um and you know the posterity of of their you know family um so yeah i just i think it's i really think it's going to work i really feel like this is going to be something i had like i have a brother for example um who is older and he hasn't read the book he hasn't seen any you know the previous film or anything um well his wife his wife my sister-in-law she actually went ahead and read the novel um, and so I'm going to, it's going to be really interesting because I know how I'm going to feel about it. I'm really interested to see how she goes in having read just the book, only having the book in her head, in her mind, how she's going to feel about how it's translated. And then him on the other hand, who has absolutely no understanding <laughs> or any prior knowledge or context of the film is going to feel as a complete like newbie. And then of course I have myself who is, I pretty much know everything about what to expect with the movie, who did what, what they changed, what they haven't, um, so yeah, it's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, stretch of opinions, but I just think, cause that's the thing. A lot of people have said that people that have seen it already, whether they're press or fans or whatever that, Oh, I have no idea. I could, didn't read the book. Didn't know anything about it. Now I'm going to go buy the book. I'm going to go read the book. I'm going to, uh, you know, I, th- I found it very accessible. I thought it was very, you know, easy to follow. It wasn't too dense. Um, even people just last night coming out of the London screen, they had another screen there where Mark Duke info is that um, they, you know, they, and one guy in particular said, you know, I think this could be like the next pop culture, like phenomenon, like a game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, because it's easy to follow. It's not, it doesn't treat you as an idiot. It, it doesn't like, you know, hold your hand too much, but it is streamlined it's easy to understand and i've never seen the book but i i liked this movie a lot and i think a lot of people will too my brother told me that i asked him i'm like did it make sense and he's like yeah "Yeah." what also helped was the beginning you know the what we saw in the imax he's like it puts you right in the world you're instantly in that world and you get it and it's not like like you said feeding you like all this information you start getting it the mystery of it so i think most people will get it you know i think that intro in the beginning i don't want to spoil it for people that haven't seen the imax stuff but i feel like it explains the world and i think people will be interested i'm curious to know if people love the movie if they're going to love the book because the Mm -hmm. book is slow (laughs) and it is hard to get into but at that point you've already been introduced to the world so it'll be It'll be interesting. You know getting a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 that point about um, how, how there, like, of course, you have the, the narration in, in the beginning, but like, it feels more natural, not just like you know, like someone like speaking to the camera and, and voicing over, <laughs> it. Um, and then like all the all the other scenes where you do get like, it, it just feels feels natural. It's it's like you know when when you're talking about like whether it's a book or different story mediums, like show don't don't, don't tell, and that that's what I got out of this scene, you know. Uh, I know that we're going to get like several scenes with the with the Ben, ben and Jesuit and like uh, so some things that maybe weren't even in the, in the book. But like when Duke Leto talks about the Ben and Jesuit and you feel his the distrust about the organization in, in his voice and like how it's complicated mm. the relationship with his uh, uh, with his with his partner in, in this case. 
like the, you're basically getting the idea as the audience, like even though we don't have to have like a full explanation, like this organization is uh, you know, a <laughs> very powerful organization in the, and they manipulate people, et cetera, et cetera. You're, you're basically feeling that through the characters' actions and, and their words and, and their body language. So I uh, really appreciate it. And yeah, as, as you're saying, like excited to see how this, this all, um, all comes together. Uh, Simon, did you have any any other thoughts on like uh, differences on on this? No, I mean, like you were saying about the Benny Gennett. Also, we don't know how powerful they are if you just read the first book. You know, they're powerful. It's later on, in you know the original six trill, the original six books that we find out how powerful. And then you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> they're a force to be reckoned with. You know, so. It's just such a glorious, beautiful scene. Um, yeah. And then that, that moment at the, at the end, uh, I, I, I thought we had more time. Like that, that was a really, really no emotional Ooh. moment, like watching that. For the, for the that was hard. That, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm seeing it by myself the first time, <laughs> not with my team members at work, because I think I'm going to have the ugly cry the whole entire movie <laughs> out of joy. I mean, I had the ugly cry a little bit when I saw the IMAX preview. Mm. You know what? I don't care. I'm bringing a box of Kleenex both times. <laughs> yeah, bring your still suit as well. That would all yep. take care of it. Yeah. But my water, I'll, I'll reuse my water for myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. So that, that's that's the end of our uh, our show for today. Like, uh, thanks all for for joining us and. Uh, yeah, if you're uh, overseas, we're we're doing this playing. Like, keep keep watching it, uh, keep enjoying this uh, this this epic movie. And if you're like us in the states or the other territories, waiting for it, we just have like uh, just under two weeks to go. So we're we're almost there, and uh, you know we're we're looking forward to talking about it and breaking down uh, every single detail with uh, with you. Uh, so Johnny, I'll start with you. Where can people find you? Yeah, find me uh, on Twitter at Johnny Sobchuk. You can also, you know, check me out on Instagram and Letterboxd. Um, can't wait. Can't wait. Simon? Uh, S. Dowdy on Twitter and Insta. I'll be around. And this was Marcus Gabriel, and you can find me on dudenewsnet.com or on dudenewsnet on Twitter and Instagram. So talk to everybody next week. We hope you've enjoyed Dune Talk. Remember to like, subscribe and turn on notifications so you know when the next episode drops stay tuned to dunenewsnet.com and add us to your social feeds be the first to hear breaking news and reviews <laughs>